Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And DraftKings Sportsbook is not only our favorite sportsbook, but America's top-rated sportsbook. And speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to the offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. We both love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Just hanging out, living life. Uh, nothing better. Watching some of the Olympics. The uh, the timing on them still kind of annoying, so I've missed some of the events that I wish I would have watched. But Definitely annoying timing. I know. Like I missed uh, Andre de Grasse, our Canadian sprinter, winning gold. This morning. That's true, but we both watched. We both watched the uh, the women's soccer semifinal. Oh yeah, no, it was it was sick. That was yeah, awesome. You know, apologies to our American listeners. Uh, you know, for the record, I do think the penalty call was correct, but you know, it, it was. This is all the first time. This is the first time in our lifetimes we've watched them win. So that is exciting over the U.S. That's crazy. All right, crazy. Just, 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 just one. U.S. can win every other one. We get, we get one. We get one. That's fine. With one, that. The only one that actually matters. Yeah, that is fine. And then watch Canada just get like absolutely dominated yesterday or tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, other than that, not a whole lot going on. Uh, I was anticipating for this episode. There was going to be lots of hockey news going on, maybe some more big trades or signings, right? So, you know, easy episode. But no, that did not happen. Uh, Nothing has really happened since our last recording on Sunday. Uh, So this might be a slightly boring episode, but that's okay. Uh, Because there's like, I guess, some minor things that happened. Uh, Number one, former Blue Jackets head coach, 
going into broadcasting next year. What are your thoughts on it, Noah? Uh, it's an interesting, interesting move. I, I, I think it's not surprising that nobody hired him as coach. Uh, that being said, I'm a little surprised somebody wanted him on air. Uh, there was a video of him. I can't remember. I think he was talking about Radulov back in the day on on TSN. Yeah, because he, he, he did do. He was in broadcasting for a little bit there in between jobs. Yeah, it was just this one clip of him swearing about Radulov, which I thought was pretty entertaining. But other than that, a bit of a surprise, uh, considering a guy like Pierre Maguire had to go to the Ottawa Senators. Thank goodness. Couldn't, didn't go into broadcasting. So I was a bit surprised, you know, like just by that. But eh, who knows? I mean, they hired Mike Bab. Did they hire Mike Babcock? He was on last year. I'm not sure if he's there. He's on last year. I don't know if he got another contract. I don't think so. I hope. But, so. I, but I, I, I'd like to think Torts would be better than Babcock. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and like, you know, like, I think a lot of us too, like you've seen like John Tortorella's like press conferences and like they can get, you know, pretty wild. So pretty like, entertaining. any more opportunity for that guy to talk on my TV and just go in on something or someone for no reason. Uh, I'm all about it. I'll take it for the entertainment purposes. Uh, so I hope that's good. I mean, he's done it before, you know, just go there and be himself. Uh, so We'll see. Fun voice. I, I thought I th- actually I did think he was going to land a, a head a, a coaching job somewhere, but really, yeah, he's still a good coach. It's a tough one because it's it. I I feel like it's his style, you know. I think well, style. I think meshes like I think a veteran team would do better with the John Tortorella yeah. type. Yeah, I agree. And so the issue is that there probably aren't a ton of, you know teams needing new coaches that have older kind of cores. Right. So I guess, you know, maybe the opportunity is not there. And I don't think you, you don't seem like the type of guy who'd want to go somewhere and be an assistant. No, definitely not. When you've been in the league so long as a head coach like that, I, th- I think it'd be impossible. Like I'm surprised uh, Lindy Ruff was able to do it. Right. Yeah. And now somehow got it gig with the devils somehow find a way he has done it didn't um, really understand that one yeah uh, that was where i mean that's yeah there's a lot of weird kind of coaches in the league so i don't know interesting i think his style like i think i think he could still like you know he seems like a good short-term coach that like a guy would be hard on his players and get a lot out of them but like not for very long like i'd be more I'd be less surprised seeing him get hired in like the middle of the season than early in the season. Yeah. You know, like, you know, that kind of guy that can just come in and like shake up a a team that's just underperforming. Yeah. Yeah. You seem like, yeah, like a guy who come in, revitalize a team, go on a run, and then they like quickly tune him out and he's gone. Kind of like what uh, Sittler did or uh, Sutter did in LA. Yeah. Yeah, just to go in there, win the cup, bounce. Literally. End up back in Calgary, miss the playoffs. Yeah. He's so, still under contract there for a couple more seasons. I they think. did, yeah. They, they went all in on him. So oh. he's, he's there for the long haul. Oh, no, Calgary fans. 
there's a lot more reasons to say oh no about Calgary right now than just Sutter. Yeah, but you know, we'll leave those to the the Calgary podcast on the network. Yes. Uh, and then we will move on to our next fun topic of the episode, the Nathan McKinnon interview that emerged talking about his diet. The man eats strictly chickpeas. He hires the greatest chefs on the planet to cook every meal, which is, in fact, chickpeas. He forces every teammate to only eat chickpeas. No pasta with carbonara. Not for his teammates. Only nothing but the best because you got to put everything into it. You're trying to win a cup. The article called him the Michael Jordan of hockey. Interesting information coming out. What are your thoughts? Is this good leadership? Is this, you know, the will to win? Or... Or is it maybe a little bit too much? Um, yeah, no wonder Landis God wanted so much money to stay. Uh, like, I get doing it personally, but, like, to force your whole team to do it, like, that's that seems a bit extreme, man. Yeah, well, I've seen, you know, there's a lot of varying opinions on it. Like, personally, like, for myself, hard pass. You know, I like a good carbonara. So, like, I would be traded immediately. <laughs> and that's not even including how shit I am at hockey, but uh, yeah, like I get it. Like, you, you know, we, I think a lot of people, you know, we watched the last dance last summer uh, and you see Michael Jordan, how hard he is on himself and his teammates. And like, I think it's good to a point, but like, and I was reading today too, you know, like Gretzky used to have like hot dogs and like pizza before his games because eating food like that is, and like drink diet Coke because there were no energy drinks and those things are basically interchangeable. Um, and it was basically like the whole logic is that like psychologically you're eating good food makes you feel like mentally good. Like you're in a good like headspace. There's that release of dopamine. So you go out there, you're in a good mood, you play well. I don't think that happens when you're eating chickpeas. Dude, I would so play for Gretzky knowing that he gobbled down hot dogs before a game. Oh that yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, like, well, I'm sure you know it'd probably be different now because you know there is a little bit more science in that area, and there are now sports drinks. Bit, yeah. Um, but and I know like Rafa Nadal, tennis player, same way eats like chocolate croissants before matches because his like trainer let him do it one time, and he played well, so he does that now. So like I I, I get it a little bit, but. Like, I would hate to be his teammate. It just doesn't sound like a fun time. No, it, no, that sounds awful. No fun. And, like, you talk about some guys who have won some cups here in recent history. Phil Kessel, back-to-back. Pat Maroon, as much as we don't like him here on the show, back-to-back-to-back. I guarantee you those guys are eating some carbs and, you know – Maybe, you know, some fries and, you know, not eating the healthiest per se. Like, there were a few things in there that I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, spends a quarter of a million dollars just, like, on hiring people to take care of himself. Oh, I totally get that part. I completely get it. But, like, to literally only drink water? That tastes like nothing. That's a bit weird, man. A little bit. A little much. A little much, like even Michael Jordan mixed in like a million cigars in between, like being an asshole to his teammates. Like the, the fact that he imposed it on his teammates was honestly surprising. Like 
like I'm sure when you're like in, in the presence of someone who's so good, you're like, you're kind of inclined to try their methods, but at the same time, the guy, the guy took out a carbonara. It's like, that's an elite food. No. It, it, like, what happens if you want to like, can you even like, what do you think happens if they drink a soda in front of him? Does he like lose his shit? Like they didn't pass to him literally on the tape during the practice. Probably because, you know, first of all, not on the tape in practice, it's practice. Right. You know, like, it's like Nate, like, yeah, if I was able to put it on your blade and your stick, I would have, but clearly I'm not as good as you at this game. That is why you're Nathan McKinnon and I am like Valerie. I think that would be, that would be one of the big like deterrents for me is like not having a positive space in practice. Yeah. Like practice feels like you should be like, like, I'm not saying you should be like, like not giving any effort in practice and like playing like shit, but like you miss a pass and like all of a sudden this guy is barking down your throat, just like yelling at you. Seems a bit much. Yeah. And the thing for me is like, too, like some guys, like they just, they, they play better when they, they take it easier in practice. Like I know some athletes, they don't want to work or they don't want to get hurt. So they don't give 110% in a practice and that just works for them. That is what works for them. And, you know, you yelling at them is just probably going to make them play worse. Yeah. So really interesting situation. Like the other, the other part of the that they've won nothing. That's the big thing. If Nathan yeah. McKinnon's yelling at me and we've won a Stanley cup because he's been yelling at me, I am fine with it. But when we're getting bounced in a second round and I'm in the press box and it's like, so I just got yelled at to watch this game. I'm not, you know, I, no wonder he was so pissed off during the exit interview. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy for the past, what, like seven, eight months has been literally eating chickpeas and drinking water and he gets bounced in the second round. I'd be fucking pissed, too. Yeah, like, no, I'd be pissed, too. But it's like, all right, maybe, just maybe, every now and again, pizza party. You know, just a little like, bit of fun. Mixing a beer, you know, like, come on. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Just I don't know, mix it up. Enjoy yourself, you know. Yeah, like NHL, have some fun. It's it just also. I think he's the reason it's no longer called the Pepsi Center in Colorado. Ooh. Oh, it's called Ball Arena, right? It is. Coincidence? Yeah. Probably. Well, I think no. Yeah. <laughs> like almost definitely, but still, yeah. It's it's a whole. It's. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like not not where I would want to play if that's the atmosphere. No, and it, it's interesting because we've learned a, a lot about like kind of like individual players' like personal lives in the past few days with just like starting with Evander Kane and now Nathan McKinnon. We're like, oh man, like I would have never pegged Nathan McKinnon for that guy. Yeah, like I didn't doubt he worked hard and like. He was always a good player, but he got a lot better, and you could tell he was putting in a lot of work. I didn't know he was going this far with it. It seems like a bit much. Yeah, like, just, I don't know. Yeah, just, like, it's fine. Like, I get you on a win, that whole, like, you know, mentality. But just maybe turn it down a couple notches. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it's, like, it's not hurting his performance, I think, like his individual performance. But if you're like 
subjecting all your teammates to it. Like, I don't know. Well, I honestly I mean, think like I'm actually I'm probably absolutely fine with it if you're actually winning. Yeah. Right. And, and I think and I think your teammates are more fine with it too. They're like, all right, this guy's pushing me, but it's because we're gonna we're gonna win a cup. And that's yeah, and I feel like that was a big thing. Like during the regular season, they probably didn't care because they were doing so well during the regular season. Yeah. I I couldn't tell from the interview though if Zadorov was talking about it like negatively or positive positively. I think it was, I don't know. It kind of just seemed like more like matter of factly because I had like, you know, a lot of positives in there. Like it, and I get like, and the thing is, it's like not really a positive or negative story. Like you can interpret it how you want to interpret it. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a matter of fact. It's, this is what happened. Like think of it what you will. I will choose to think of Nathan McKinnon as a psycho, but that's just me. Yeah. Like I respect the work ethic and dedication, but. My goodness. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That was just, you know, something fun in the news this I, week. I wonder if there are any, like, other players that do, like, these crazy things like that. Oh, I'm sure there are. For sure there I are. I wonder who they are. Let's not. I've ruled out Kessel and Maroon right out of the gate. Um, I think we can rule out Phil Deneau because he was eating pizza in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know, but like, who do you think on the Panthers that there is a guy to be like that? I can't see it. I don't think it's Bobrovsky, or Bobrovsky should try it. No, I've actually heard that Bobrovsky is like a guy who like he, he works too hard. Oh, really? Well, yeah, dude, change it up, man. And that was—I think that was according to Bill Zito. Ooh. When he first got to Florida, he was like, Bob, Bob works himself too hard. Relax. It's Florida. It's nice out. And look at the results. Spencer Knight in the starters crease next year. Um, but yeah, speaking of our Panthers, though, take a look at the team, how it's shaping up for next season. What are your thoughts on the players that are here right now? Do you think this I think is a contending gonna... team? Well, First of all, I think it's undoubtedly a playoff team, especially coming back to this uh, conference, oh, yeah. uh, like division. Like I think, like anything less than playoffs is a very significant, significant disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Now I- the problem is that you do have some really good high end teams in that conference, but there are some low end teams. Exactly. Like you're playing Buffalo, you're playing Ottawa, you're playing Detroit. Um, not that much, you know, not that big of a challenge. But then you are going up against teams, obviously, like we've experienced Tampa Bay. Uh, like as much as we rag on them, Toronto is a good team, especially during the regular season. And only during the regular season. Although – I definitely don't think they got better this year in the offseason. No, let's think like, when I was doing the one episode by myself, like I was going through the teams in the division. And I'm like, the teams that are right up there with the Panthers, there's like, let's say top four. The only one that you can make a case got better is probably Boston. Yeah. And I, so from what yeah, I was They just hearing, lost Krejci too. And I didn't hear, like, I have not heard like glowing reviews of Peter Mrazek. Like, as a goalie? Yeah, like, just not, like, 
I can't remember who was talking about it. It was somebody on TSN. They were just saying, like, in my mind, there is no chance they got better by bringing him in. Yeah, he like he seems fine, but like he's it's not an improvement. Like it's it's kind of like a if anything net neutral move. And then you know you've lost time in. You brought in they brought in some good young cheap players. Uh, Josh Hosang on the PTO. Yeah, Bunting. You know the, the big names uh, that are floating in. So I mean, for me, a, a huge thing is they literally did not touch their D. No. And that's always been the weakness. And I feel like you should probably address it. And Doobie just decided he wasn't going to. So that's that's my main concern. Well, and I just but... think, like, there's a lot of physical – like, with the teams, like, that Toronto didn't play last year, like Florida, Boston, Tampa Bay, those are all big, heavy teams, right? There isn't really one of those in the West or, or like, in the Canadian division. Like, maybe Winnipeg. Montreal, yes, but with a, a, the same amount of skill as Boston or Tampa Bay or Florida. Mm-hmm. So I think they might have a tough time. And, you know, yeah, I don't really see how they got better either. Um, Tampa Bay literally just lost their third line, basically. And, I mean, I think that you got to remember they're going to have Kucherov for the regular season next year. Allegedly. Could find his way on the LTIR. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, you're like you're competing with some very low end teams, but also some very high end teams. And I think Tampa Bay and Boston, namely, are going to be fierce opponents. And then I think Toronto is really easy to beat if you can just shut down their top end forwards. Yeah, and I think I think the Panthers have guys that can do that. And even if you don't, like if your top guys show up and their top guys show up, I think your depth is better. Oh, definitely. And you know. So I, I like that matchup on paper. It's going to be a fun division for sure. It's exciting to see these teams kind of play each other again. I mean, I know we saw Tampa Bay last year, but to be able to see Boston again, Toronto again, Buffalo again. I think I'm re- I'm actually I have n- I did not watch Boston a lot, so I'm pretty excited this to watch a little a little more Boston hockey. But I'm really curious to see how Boston does with it, like David Krejci because that's like one of the more underrated players of like the last decade or so. And yeah, he just and, kind of chilled on that second line. Last season was like the first time he'd ever had line mates that were uh, you know at his level. And the the really interesting, the most interesting interesting part for me is going to be Linus Olmark in that. Yeah, big gamble. That does not scream starting goalie that's going to bring you to the Cup final. You know he's he he's coming off a good year in Buffalo, like because we know what Buffalo was and his numbers are good when he was healthy mm-hmm. uh, to me though a lot of money to commit to small sample size but that's the guy that they've tapped as their guy they're going all in on him so i they gave him a hell of a contract yeah ridiculous so good for good for him for you know getting paid in boston that's that's going to be their guy uh so we'll see we'll see if it works out uh yeah, they're they're like they're they're looking good. Like I think that's one of the teams that had a better offseason in this division. Um, Buffalo, don't even know if they're trying next year. Like Detroit's gotten better, but I still think they're a ways away. So, I I think with Florida in the top four for sure, I think it'd be tight between them, Tampa, and Boston. But I think they could edge out the Leafs. I. 
I, I think so. So like, I really do because if you look at them the season before COVID, they were doing pretty good against the Leafs. They were kind of losing it in down the stretch, like in that playoff hunt yeah. with the Leafs. But I feel like with this team, it's a completely different team than two seasons ago. No, this Panthers team is very, very good. And the last thing I want to talk about this team is, once again, Sam Reinhart. I really wanted this episode for us to be talking pretty much only about Sam Reinhart's new contract extension, but it has yet to arrive. Uh, but when it does, Sam Reinhart for the Panther, where do you see him slotting in on this team? Because he is that versatile guy. Where do you think is the best place to put him? Tough question. Tough question. I, you know, like really liked that first line last year. Um, I, I think it was, uh, what do we have? We have Barkov, Verhage, and it, they kind of, they alternated who was going to be on that. Yeah, like some wing. nights it's Owen Tippett. They moved Duclair up there a little bit. Yeah. I think Goose was there I, once. I really like the Bennett, Duclair, and um, who was center for them. Um, I think it was Bennett, Duclair, and Huberto. Yeah, the 911 line. I mean, I would not, I would not touch that line. Yeah. That's my big one. So I would not mind Barkov. Verhage and Reinhardt first line I think could be really interesting. Yeah, because Verhage like, can't. Verhage plays left, Reinhardt plays right, and obviously Barkov is going to be at center. Yeah, the one thing for me is like because there's options. Like I think we'll see him all over the place next year, right? Uh, and I think part of it too depends on some of the other guys on the team and like what they show up as. Like uh, if let's say Owen Tippett shows up at camp and Owen Tippett had an underrated good year last season. I don't think enough people realize how big of a step he took last season. Like he was very, very good. And, and all the he's numbers gonna, would reflect that. He's going to want to have a monster season because he's in his contract here. Yeah. So he's going to, he's going to show up probably ready to go. Uh, the progress made last year was excellent. Um, he didn't look out of place when he was out there. Uh, Right, and I think you'd see like his offense took a big step, you know, finally kind of established himself as an NHL player. Can it take another step? In which case, could you run Ryan Hart at 3C or if Lindell's – like a lot of it depends on the young guys. If Lindell shows up and he's ready to be your 3C, great. You can play Ryan Hart on your first line, keep Tippett down. There's Dennis Sanko too. Like I think a lot of it depends on who – you know, which of the young guys are making pushes, and then you can kind of slot them around wherever – you think he's going to go, but like he was very good last year at center, but I don't know if you're bringing in a guy like Sam Reinhardt to be your third line center or your second line center. That's interesting. I, I don't think Denisenko makes opening night roster. I think Lundell is more likely than Denisenko. Interesting. But honestly, I don't see either of them. I think it's a really, really, really hard roster to crack. Well, yeah, and that's ideally what you want. And then, but the thing is, that then in that case, let's say the Panthers make no other signings, then your center depth goes from Barkov and, and Bennett 
and then you're looking at Achari or Alusterainen. Achari is probably your fourth liner. Like he would be, he would be like locked in as my fourth line center. Yeah. So in that case, like, do, do you play him as your third line center, but deploy your second and third line kind of equal time? It's going to be interesting. I really want to see Lindell in that three C spot. I think he's so perfect for it, and I think it's going to be so. It would be so valuable for him just to play with, you know, play under Barkov. Yeah, and the fact that he's played a couple of years now against men uh, is a level of competition. I think he's looking good in international play against men as well. Yeah, like there's never like he really hasn't looked bad in any game or tournament I've seen him. He's always looked at least decent sometimes exactly. and a lot of times much better than decent. Um, but again, the North American ice bit smaller. I imagine maybe to start the year, you want him in the A just to, to get used to the ice. And, and we said this, he's going to get some really valuable ice time in the AHL. Like he has potential to be a first line center in the AHL, like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I, I think that you start him off in the AHL and kind of reassess things at midseason unless you have a glaring need. In other words, an injury. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And the thing, too, I like, guess you have to remember with Lundell is that is the first Panthers draft pick for Bill Zito, too. And, like, with younger players, like, you know, that's, who the, that's the GM that's taking him. So he's kind of, you know, more invested perhaps in the development and progress of the player. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to want to rush it. I think that's well. This, this, this we'll find out. We'll yeah. find out how Bill Zito wants to approach it with and Joe Glenville with, you know, a guy that's been brought in in, in his time versus the other young prospects who weren't drafted by Bill Zito or drafted by Dale Talon, right? So maybe he's, you know, closer tied to to Lindell and maybe wants him to stick around or right sent down. Who knows? But either way, the overall summary of this is uh, the Florida Panthers are just stacked at forward. They really are. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how much, like how much they are. Yeah. It's the team that you look at right now. Look at the team that like, you know, got bounced out of the, the play in bubble, right? Since then, this team looks completely different. Play is completely different and is you know, was one of the better teams in the NHL last year. And it's going to be an absolute treat to watch next season, uh, which we can't wait for. Can't get here soon enough. Should be so much fun. Um, but I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. We're going to end it here because it's getting late and I would like to edit this and go to bed. And we, we, we need, um, we need Reinhardt to sign and it's probably going to happen right after we stop recording. So that would be ideal. The sooner he could sign the better. Exactly. Yeah. So if you could do that, Bill Zito, if you get it done, appreciate that. Uh, this concludes this episode of the podcast. We're going to be back on Monday with a brand new episode where we talk more Panthers hockey, more news from around the league if there is anything. So should be fun. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll, we'll see you then.
Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back.